Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Peace, everybody. This is a diplomatic officer, Robert Ben Israel. I'm here today to create the first of many shows that I hope to bring forth on this platform. Uh, Please excuse me, I had a little difficulties with uh, signing on, coming on to to the platform. But uh, I am here now, so please forgive me if I seem a little disoriented. I'm just working on it right now. Well, basically, I'm creating this show, and I wanted to to create a title for the show. And the title of the show, I wanted to name it uh, Worker Drones. Now, the reason why I created this particular show is because of the fact that uh, today the uh, Supreme Court passed a ruling in regards to ruler, I mean, to to worker rights. And I will just go ahead and temporarily pull that up. Please hold one second. Okay, now the the title to the article is, uh, you can find this, by the way, on NPR, I believe it's npr.org, yeah, www.npr.org, it's an article that just came out fresh today, hot off the presses, today at 10.55 a.m., and it reads, Supreme Court decision delivers blow to workers' rights. In in an article goes into saying, in a case involving the rights of tens of millions of private sector employees, the U.S. Supreme Court, by five to four vote, delivered a major blow to workers, ruling for the first time that workers may not band together to challenge violations of federal labor laws. Writing for the majority, Justice Neil Gorsuch said that the 1925 Federal Arbitration Act trumps the National Labor Relations Act and that employees who sign employment contracts to arbitrate claims must do so on an individual basis and may not band together to enforce claims of wage and hour violations. The policy may be debatable, but the law is clear. Congress has instructed that arbitration agreements like those before us, must be enforced as written, or such rights. While Congress is, of course, always free to amend this judgment, we see nothing suggesting it did so in the NLRA, much less that it manifested a clear intention to displace the Arbitration Act. Because we can easily read Congress's statutes to work in harmony, that is where our duty lies. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, writing for the four dissenters called the majority opinion egregiously wrong. She said the 1925 arbitration law came well before federal labor laws and should not cover these arm-twisted take-it-or-leave-it provisions that employers are now insisting on. The inevitable result, she warned, is that there will be huge under-enforcement of federal and state statutes designed to advance the well-being of workers. 
The edict that employees with wage and hour claims may seek relief only one by one does not come from Congress, Ginsburg writes. It is a result of a take-it-or-leave-it labor contract harking back to the type called yellow dog and of the readiness of this court to enforce those unbargained for agreements. The FAA demands no such suppression of the right of work, work, workers excuse me, to take concerted action for their mutual aid or protection. She urged Congress to correct the court's elevation of the Arbitration Act over workers' rights. Notably, Ginsburg's dissent is five pages longer than the majority's opinion. And Gorsuch spends time in his opinion to respond point by point to the minority's arguments. The ruling came in three cases, potentially involving tens of thousands of non-union employees brought against Ernst and Young LLP, Epic Systems Corp., and Murphy Oil USA Incorporated. Each required its individual employees as a condition of employment to waive their rights to join a class action loss, a class action suit. In all three cases, employees tried to sue together, maintaining that the amounts they could obtain in individual lawsuits were dwarf, were dwarf, excuse me, by the legal fees they would have to pay as individuals to bring their cases under the private arbitration procedures required by the company. The employees contended that their right to collective action is guaranteed by the National Labor Relations Act. The employers countered that they are entitled to ban collective legal action under the Federal Arbitration Act, which was enacted in 1925 to reverse to the judicial hostility to arbitration at the time. A study by the left-leaning Economic Policy Institute shows that 56% of non-union private sector employees are currently subject to mandatory individual arbitration procedures under the 1925 Federal Arbitration Act, which allows employers to bar collective legal actions by employees. The court's decision means that tens of millions of private non-union employees will be barred from suing collectively over the terms of their employment. Now, what I just read was the article from NPR.org. You can go check that out. Now, um, one of the main things that must be understood is that uh, the article is pretty much the gist of what the article is stating is just generally what we have known for a while. And that is by way of you consenting to actually working for another employer, which and you're giving away your time, your energy, sweat equity, and other different things, you basically, um, in a roundabout way or situation, are you don't you don't have the remedy, nor do you have uh, the rights, the rights to be able to petition in the event of any type of situation that may come up or any type of tort or any type of injustice done to you. So you can have situations where, you know what I'm saying? Well, just let's just back up a little bit. It's basically letting the employers, you know, coerce, basically coercing the, the employees to give up their right so they could join together in lawsuits. But here's the thing, like, this is going. The reason why I actually brought this article up is because I, if, if you don't have any other time to really get rid of a, that job, I think now with the addition of the other things uh, that I'm probably going to try to mention a little bit later, that I'm going to mention. This is a good enough reason why you need to go ahead and get out of these working these jobs, these jobs. Excuse me. In this situation now, what this situation has done is it's basically given them the rights to do such things because you know when you work a job, which is you know the acronym is just over broke. Essentially, what you're doing is you're handing over the fruits of your labor to someone else, so someone else can be, excuse me, 
and be able to benefit from your hard work and your labor that you are exchanging for Federal Reserve notes, which we all know are debt notes. So essentially, you're really working. I mean, you're really working for nothing, really. You know, and actually, you're hiring yourself out with your labor, and yet usually in situations like this, this is usually for people who don't come from situations where they were passed down inheritances or any other type of, you know, uh, gifts given to them. And we understand that our people, they weren't, they, some were actually economically proficient and economically astute. However, there were others that weren't necessarily economic astute in terms of their affairs to be able to create instruments that could be able to transfer over um, some of these monies to the next generation. So being that that happens, now what's happening is they're creating another entity that is basically going to have to follow in the same footsteps as the parents because we all know here that you can't pass down a job. So in this situation, what's happening is the child is growing up in whatever situation there is, whether you're working class or, you know, you're in a situation where you're just, you know, just, just trying to make ends meet to the point to where almost, and some people, you know, even destitute and depending upon each individual situations. But because of those situations, it forces one to have to go out and have to sell their services in exchange for Federal Reserve notes. Um, a lot of us see these type of things happening in, you know, different places even today where because of the economic position of the parents, grandparents, what have you, the extended family, what have you, you have situations where the child has to go out and whether it's contribute to the the, the, the common language family or has to be able, whether depending on the age, if he's still a young man and he's, you know, still underneath his father's dominion, father and mother's dominion, he's going to try to go out and get a job to be able to produce some type of income for that household so that this way the household can maintain the economic structure, because economics in itself is household management. So it just adds to the economic um, structure of the, the quote, common language family. And he has to sell his services, which is his energy and his time, in order to get the Federal Reserve notes. So in essence, when you look at that, that is a form of servitude in itself, because when you look at what you really gain from it, you really do not gain anything if these are debt notes, because you're working and it's working against you. And another way in which it's working against you, I don't have the article. I will try to be able to, uh, maybe for future clarifications, if I do another topic like this, I'll be able to produce the article, where it generally talks about when you work a job that it's really working against you instead of for you, which what you're thinking it is. So even furthermore, you are, enslaving yourself when you're working these jobs and you know the key thing is to really look at that situation understand it and be able to make the proper choices to get yourself out of servitude now we also know that according to you know certain law dictionaries i think the 1977 english law dictionary states that um, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just basically stating that it just says something along the lines of a master who is the employer basically provides sustenance for the servant who is the employee. And that I'm just paraphrasing that the servant is subjected to the master. So the dynamic when you're working a job is that you're in servitude, you're in servitude in that capacity, 
You're in servitude in the capacity that you're working for pretty much nothing. And then your status is of a nature which you are even further put into a servitude or to an inferior status. So when you look at it, you know, there, there's just no way for you to be able to look at this as a viable um, means of going forward. You know, another thing that's happening and employers now can be able to look at this situation now and take advantage of this situation and say, you know what? Hmm. Maybe I don't have to pay this guy. Maybe I could take a couple of dollars off, off of the, the check. He probably won't know it. And what, what can he do? He can in his individual capacity, but still, even in his in individual capacity, it's not sufficient enough. And we know that he doesn't have the resources to litigate with us, against us. So therefore, guess what? We can do whatever it is that we want to do with this guy. You know? Now, we also have a situation where he has to provide a burden of proof. He has to provide uh, something that states and has evidence of that type of situation happening. He doesn't have any other employees that can vouch that they've also been in the same situation. They've all been in, uh, you know, cheated, chastised, and had an injustice put upon them. There's nothing there. And plus him in his individual capacity. And then when you look at yourself as being a Negro, even more, Negro, Latino, Native American, what have you, all of us, this is specifically for us as well, you know, they can be able to do it. And you being a slave, not only economically, but politically, they can be able to do it to you based upon your status and put you back into the status that you were with your forefathers. So therefore, you don't have that right to be able to petition. You don't have that right to be able to bring a case. So it works in so many different ways against us. Furthermore, what can also happen is now, I know everybody is seeing the situation that's transpiring where a lot of these establishments and a, a mixture of the, you know, certain people calling the cops on people who are of Latino descent, African, quote-unquote quote African-American, quote-unquote Latino descent, and calling the police on these individuals for just going in these establishments uh, and all these other different, things that are happening in different ways in different situations. So um, they can also now be able to discriminate against you. They can discriminate against you, you know, in the situation. They can discriminate against you. They don't now, they can sit back and say, they can probably say something along the lines of, we're not going to let this person anymore be able to get a promotion because I don't like that N-word. I don't like him. Therefore, Tom, Dick, or Harry, I let them do it. Those are my buddies. Those are my peoples. But, you know, Marquise over there, I don't like him. I really don't like him. I don't like the fact that he got this job over somebody who I feel is more competent than he is. How is he getting this job? How is he even here? Well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and discriminate against him. He won't know it, and he can't prove it because he has to really prove it. How is he going to prove it? You know? How is he going to prove it? Can he be able to come against me now? Will he be able to come against me? I don't think so. So it's going to be pretty difficult for me. It's going to be pretty difficult for Marquise to come at me. And I know it. I have the resources. Marquise doesn't. I'm in control of his resources. Without me, he can't do anything. 
Because you know why? Marquise is my slave. I control Marquise. I control Marquise in his situations. I control Marquise in any form or any of his capacities. If he can't eat, if I can starve him enough, he won't even be thinking about trying to litigate. He's going to be going out here possibly because he's starving. Maybe he might go out there and commit a crime, well, to which can better my case because now, look, he, he, he went out here committing crimes. So I knew he was a bad guy. I know what I'll make up some other things about him that I could just make up. You know, make, oh, yeah, that's right. He was late that one day. That's right. He got into an argument with Suzanne. And I'm not going to make it into a racial thing because we don't want to make this into a racial thing. I'm just saying that this could potentially happen. And we have to be very, very aware, specifically our brothers, you know, the Latinos, the blacks, and the Native Americans. We definitely got to look at these type of situations and understand it for what's going on. You know, also, they also can subject people this doesn't just be is just African American, Latinos, Native Americans. They don't have to create safe work environments anymore. They don't have to worry about it anymore. Why? Because we you know we can always put something stating in later on in the contract or something, amending the contract or whatever the case may be, or use some form of legalese or maybe be able to get one of our attorneys to be able to, you know, find a way to create a loophole for it so that this way we can make the person look like he did it to himself. Or we don't have to uh, have proficient uh, uh, heating or proficient AC or anything of that nature. They don't have to, because you know why? Because they're my slaves. They're going to have to work no matter what, just the same way as someone working a coal mine or any other type of situation subjected to. They're going to go out there and they're going to do it. Why? Because I'm going to let them, I'm going to tell them they have to do it. If they don't do it, they're not going to eat. All of this is where we come into, which is the remedy which we have to self-govern. And that's what essentially we have to do. We have to get back into self-governing. We have to get to the point to where we create our own situation to where we can delve out the jobs, you know, and help our brothers and sisters to be able to have uh, sufficient means to flourish to where we can set up a entity to where we can hire ourselves and be able to create some type of provisions within that entity that will help them. If we can set up an entity and create an entity to where, okay, I'm going to do this. We're going to have to take out for this, the taxes, social security, whatever the case may be. How are we going to set it up? However, whatever status you set it up. You can set it up in a situation now where you can also provide a funding mechanism for that individual to be able to in the, to be able to eventually get out of that servitude and to be able to create something for himself. That only comes from when you look within yourself and understand that the remedy is not you know, in these particular job scenarios, there's no remedy in there anymore. As you can see, the Supreme Court just pretty much gave them the green light to do a whole lot of other different things. Now, there is a thing where Congress can go ahead and overturn this decision. Um, they, they could overturn it. I don't know what will happen. We have to watch and see what's going to happen. But... Uh, the way it stands as of right now, we got to look at this situation and we have to find solutions 
to scenarios such as this. The way of the job is no longer um, feasible anymore for us as a people. Specifically, and I'm speaking this specifically to our people. Now, you also got to understand, and I'm going to go into it a little bit more further here, where how even furthermore this can affect specifically our people. So now let's just look at the job situation overall and generally. Now, as you also be able, are able to see, there are an outrageous number of layoffs that are happening. There's heavy unemployment. No matter what the statistics are stating otherwise, a lot of those particular statistics have been manipulated. And you have to be able to um, do research to be able to find those type of things out where they're making, they're creating these fallacies and be able to find out what's really going on with the business that you are working for, if you are working for it currently. You know, a lot of these layoffs are going to happen based upon a lot of these entities filing Chapter 11, Chapter 13 bankruptcies. You know, and there's some other things with that as well that at any given time it can interchange or whatever the case may be. So you're going to see layoffs. You're going to see unemployment. And you're going to see other situations that's going to happen as a result of those two situations. You know, and one of the other things that I want to mention too is this is another reason why we have to really get spiritually inclined. And this is very important. We have to get to the point to where we're spiritually inclined and we don't succumb to the ways of this world, which is specifically, you know, right now a lot of our people have the saying here where it's all about getting to the bag, you know, where what it really, what they're in essence saying is getting, getting more Federal Reserve notes or getting to a point to where the Federal Reserve notes increases one's economic position. So when they're saying get into the bag, they're essentially saying they're trying to, I mean, really, in essence, they're creating an idol out of these Federal Reserve notes because a lot of times in what you're seeing is a lot of these people do not even, as a result of this, um, they don't value humans. They value the paper over humans. You got people who sit back here and they're stating, oh, man, you know, oh, forget this dude. I don't care about nobody else as long as I got my money. As long as I got my money, I don't care about anybody else. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I got my money. I got my bread. I ain't worried about it. It's all good. You can do whatever. I got my bread. That's, that is a form of idolatry. That is idolatry. You're getting to the point to where you're creating a God, and you're creating a God in these Federal Reserve notes. But what you're going to realize is when the time comes where the God that you're worshiping comes time to foreclose upon you, then guess what? You're going to pretty soon try to look for that God. It ain't going to be there. Why? Because if you hold value in that Federal Reserve note, Federal Reserve note, when you look for that God again, it's going to be gone. So who are you going to reach out to when the time comes for salvation or to be able to be able to maintain yourself? Because your God is gone. So what are you going to do? Who are you going to reach out to? Who's going to be able to help you? Who's going to be able to salvage you? That's the question you got to ask, and you got to understand that. And it's a real possibility because every day that we, we're sitting here and we're just walking around, at any given time, this thing can collapse. This thing can collapse at any given time. And we don't want to get into the point of the riches trap. Your objective is to maintain wealth, not riches, and not just any type of wealth. You want to create generational wealth, and that is a key component to your well-being as well as so as to not allow your children, your grandchildren, your grandchildren's children's children's children to have to deal 
with the situation I just mentioned where the Supreme Court can give more favor toward these employers over your child, over your grandchild, over your great-great-great-great-grandchildren. You want to be able to create a situation now that your great-grandchildren or your grandchildren don't have to get, have to deal with. And that's part of the solution, you know, but it takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of you being able to grab wealth is rooted in universal practices as well, as well as energy. You have to be spiritually inclined. A lot of it is based upon immaterial or not being able to be seen or intangible, intangible uh, things, which is outside of the realm or the outside of the realm of the physical. And that's one thing that you must be able to do. Now, going further on, you know, now I know that one of the key things that's happening here is, you know, we know the situation of manufacturing leaving the country. Um, Manufacturing going over to these other countries, uh, these trade agreements that a lot of these countries are creating trade deals and all this other type of stuff, which doesn't work in your favor. I'm speaking for being underneath this beast. It's not going to work in your favor because it also creates this environment where you're losing jobs and you have a situation where the demand is more than the supply. And because of that, when the demand is more than the supply, people have a hard time finding jobs. A lot of people who used to get these fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand. Now there's still some who are still, uh, who are still flourishing, or what? You know, they're still maintaining because in certain areas of this country, even if you work a six-figure job, you still are just barely surviving. I know that sounds crazy, but I believe it's in California. I think it's Silicon Valley. People are making six figures, but they're barely making it. That just goes to tell you that there is no future in this type of situation. You know, that's that's a whole nother dynamic, but a lot of these people have these jobs working as income, and they're barely making it, barely making it. Crazy. A lot of these jobs... You're not going to, a lot. Of, like, if you lose your job, it's very, very difficult for you, for for people. I'm not speaking on you per se. You may have had better advantage, better situations than other people, but a lot of people are having a hard time finding them, and they're having a hard time finding jobs that have the same type of salary that they're acclimated to, that they're accustomed to. So now they're taking jobs that are lower than, what they used to be making and there's taking more part-time jobs. So now you've created this way of life that's used to sustaining a certain amount. And now you have to take on much less pay. Also understanding that wages and salaries are declining, but the cost of living is going up. So it's a tough dynamic for you to be able to sustain yourself. It's very, very difficult for you to be able to sustain yourself when you have scenarios such as this. And that's another thing. Now, another key thing that you have to take in consideration, especially with working these jobs. Now, a lot of people working jobs also have these mortgages. People who maintain mortgages, they have their student loan that they have to deal with, their credit card payments that they have to deal with, one of the other things that must be definitely looked into, and especially if you are working a job, you have to be paying attention to what the Federal Reserve is doing because the Federal Reserve earlier this year has stated that they are planning to make rate hikes. They're planning on making, I think, three, two or three more rate hikes, two or three or four more rate hikes 
for this year. Now, it already, they were already raised up rate hikes, I believe it was a couple of months ago. And people are feeling that then. So you can almost imagine what's going to happen when they increase it this next time. You know, a lot of people, as a result of these type of things, they can't afford their rent. And some people are having a hard time to even getting food. They're just barely making it. And this is the climate of this economy right now. This economy at this present moment is very, very difficult for a person to survive. Very, very difficult. Not to mention the fact that the gap between the wealthy and the poor, they state that the gap between the wealthy and the poor is the biggest. Now, I don't know. I have to do a little bit more research on it. But they're saying that the gap between the wealth and the poor is the biggest in our lifetime. Like, this is unheard of at this moment. So the distance between the have and the have-nots and the gap has widened significantly. And this is something we really have to pay attention. The middle class has been wiped out. You know, it's been wiped out. It's been wiped out for a minute. There is, at this present moment, the middle class doesn't even exist. It's just people who have, quote, unquote, riches or wealth, and then you have the people who are poor, working class, or destitute. That's what's happening at this moment here. Not to mention home prices, people getting houses. The prices are so high at this moment all across the board, they're so high that your salaries will not be able to sustain yourself. You know, a lot of our people, not our people, but a lot of people are looking at the situation and they're like, oh, well, you know, you work, you go to school, get your degree, and then, you know, you create a family, and then, you know, you get that white picket fence or that nice house. Well, guess what? Like, houses are so far I mean, it's just crazy, astronomical. Like, for your, it's just out of control at this moment right now, to a point to where, to be quite honest with you, you would be very, there's, there's, you know, I, I would say, like, if you're using this mechanism here and you're thinking conventionally or the way that, you know, thinking back in the 70s or the 80s, I don't think that would be a wise move at this moment in juncture to be able to try to go ahead and purchase a house. I, I really don't think that is, you know, people nowadays are scraping month to month. You know, people are just, uh, you know, just barely making it. They're barely making it. You know, uh, inflation is rising. You know, things are getting more expensive. I know fuel prices are going up. Food prices are due to go up. You know, a lot of these things are intertwined when you understand economics. Your food prices are going to go up, so it's going to be a lot more expensive. That bread that you're used to eating is going to go up significantly, and this is something that you got to definitely pay attention to. Now, there's another thing that I looked into that stated that 43% of Americans can't even afford the basics the basic necessities to sustain themselves, you know, and this is just, this is really, really crazy, man. Another figure states that 66% of the jobs in this country, in this economy, are paying less than $20 an hour. Now, like if you're used to having a certain level of uh, way of living, how are you going to be able to sustain yourself on just $20 an hour? It would be very difficult, especially if you have, like, children. If you have, like, a family of four or five, it's going to be really difficult. So it's very, very – I mean, you know, this added into a lot of the things that are happening governmentally-wise where, you know, they're stating that, you know, certain things that they're putting on the books – all of that added together, it's, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And you definitely might want to take heed 
to this particular message. Definitely, you know, want to take heed to this message because this is really, really something serious that we need to pay attention to. It's really, really serious. I mean, even some people who are looking for remedy in a lot of these markets, let's just say you say, ah, well, you know what? I could go ahead and buy, but if I got that extra savings, maybe I got three, four hundred, five hundred dollars. Maybe what I'll do is I'll go ahead and invest it in the stock market or one of the markets. Well, guess what? Like you got to understand that game as well because that may work against you. And I'll let you go ahead and do some research in terms of that, you know. So, but this is really a situation where. You're going to have to work on the proper remedies to be able to sustain yourself going forward. And you really want to look into this and look at this and get to a point to where you have a plan because you're going to need a plan right now. You're going to need a plan at least just to survive and sustain yourself because we're going to go through a, a heavy time coming down the pipe heavy, heavy time coming down the pipe. And it's really up to you to really pay attention and put some type of action together to be able to sustain yourself going forward because it's not going to look good. I mean, think about what I just mentioned before where, you know, employees sit back here and mess with your wages and they're stealing your wages and stuff like that and you got rent to pay. That's no joke, man. That's going to also add to the increase of the foreclosures. You got the foreclosures and things of that capacity. You know, that that's that's some tough stuff right there, man. You you know, you don't want to really want to play around because you're kicked out of your house, now you're homeless. Now, you know, a lot of these particular municipalities are putting the pressure on a lot of these homeless people. So it's 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 tough, you know, then you know people to, you know, discriminate and make you feel a certain type of way. And, oh, man, listen, man, it's really got to pay attention to what's happening. And, you know, what we try to definitely let the people know is that you have to self-govern. That's the key here. You have to definitely get yourself back into self-governing. When everything, all, when all else fails, you're going to have no choice but to self-govern. There is no other way out of the fire but to go through the fire. But if you be able to prepare yourself for what's going to happen, then you have a better opportunity of not necessarily saying that you're going to be great, but I'm saying you have a better opportunity of lessening the burden of what's about to happen. But you have to and you must do it, you know, because right now, guys are worker drone, workers drones, worker drones. Basically, you're just robots until they can go ahead and get the real robots to replace you to the point to where they're going to look to get a lot of these countries have already implemented these strategies. And it's up to you to be able to take heed to it and pay attention to what's happening. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these robotics, there's so many different things. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen where McDonald's now, you know, uh, I think it was even here in the United States, but overseas as well, the McDonald's, is, McDonald's are now dealing with kiosks. Now, I knew that this was going to happen maybe about 2011 because I was looking into some things and it began to talk about that a lot of these places were moving toward that actual model. And that's just something that you really want to um, get yourself acclimated with because at the end of the day, like your usefulness is really pretty much going to be obsolete. And, you're going to have to figure out what it is that you're going to do. And you're going to have to figure out some true remedy and some type of way for you to be able to salvage yourself. And that's key going forward. So you don't want to end up becoming a worker drone. You want to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. You want to be able to, 
you know, have a stronger position so you can take care of yourself and your families because it's about to hit the fan and it's going to hit slowly but surely. And you got to keep your eyes and your ears open. And that's definitely what I'm definitely attempting to do. Now, I do have a social media handle that kind of trails on these things. One of the, the things I have is a page on Facebook. It's the Magnanimous Hebrew. You can go to www.facebook.com slash Magnanimous Hebrew. And I have a page up there, and you can check out some of these. I post a lot of articles that are happening, you know, economically, politically, and otherwise um, on a daily basis, as well as, you know, I post a whole lot of different things on that particular thing. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close this one out as, at this moment. I just hope that you all take heed to this message and you get yourself out of being a worker drone because, you know, we got to get from being slaves to being rulers, rulers and kings. This is the whole entire thing that we have to do. And I will go ahead and sign off. My name has been, this has been Diplomatic Officer Robert Ben-Israel, and I'm going to go ahead and sign off and say farewell. Shalom.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.